0: Please turn with me to 1 John chapter 5. Lord willing, this morning we will finish off with John's first letter. And we're looking at um, eternal life. 1 John chapter 5, and I'll be reading from verse 13. 1 John 5, starting at verse 13. i write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. And this is the confidence that we have toward Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of Him. When one sees his brother committing a sin not leading to death, he shall ask and God will give him life to those who commit sins that do not lead to death. There is sin that leads to death. I do not say that one should pray for that All wrongdoing is sin, but there is sin that does not lead to death. Verse 18. We know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning, but he who Keep yourselves from idols. Let's pray. <coughs> Our Heavenly Father, thank you. We can gather together, yeah, this morning around your word. Thank you for church. Thank you for your son Christ Jesus. It was him who purchased the church with his blood. He loved the church and gave himself up for her. And we thank you for this, Father. But help us when we come to church. Come with a, with a heart that wants to learn, wants to grow and mature in your Son, and wants to walk in his ways, and wants to just glorify your name in everything. So help us, Father, to listen and to hear what the Scriptures have to say to us. They are our daily food to help us with our walk in this life, in this dark world. Help us, Father, we do pray. Be with me as I and I come to preach your word. Be with all of us as we come to listen and hear what this passage has to say to us. Thank you for this wonderful letter. Thank you that this letter is all about us to know that we have eternal life if we are in Christ Jesus. So thank you, Father. Thank you now for this morning. Pray and ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. What a privilege it is to know that we are a child of God. Do you see it as a privilege? Do you see having eternal life as a privilege? But if we had to ask ourselves that question, do do we have eternal life? Are we sure we have eternal life? Is this not the reason why this letter was written, especially verse 13, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. Because with false teaching comes apostasy, comes idolatry. And the whole letter is, to, is, is teaching us to, to walk in the truth, to, to walk in the light, to to. To walk in righteousness, to practice righteousness, to, to walk in loving the Father, to walk in loving your neighbor, and to walk in having fellowship with these people. This whole letter is, is, is bringing us together. That's why the church exists, because it brings people together in fellowship with God and one another. And this is what eternal life has done. It is a gift from God, and it's, and it's brought fellowship into our midst. (coughs) The beautiful thing is we receive fellowship from Jesus Christ alone. We don't receive it from any other means. We cannot earn it. We cannot do anything to get eternal life. It comes from Jesus. Scripture says, My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life. I am the life. Jesus basically has the words of eternal life. Eternal life is in Jesus Christ alone. In no one else. Not any material thing. Not any other God or Goddess. It's in the Son of God, the Son of Man, Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ purchased our eternal life. And we receive it by faith. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a resolve to work so that no one may boast. And God hasn't left us to discover eternal life. He has revealed eternal life in His Word, in the Scriptures. And He's asked His children to go out there and make it known through your lifestyle, basically your works and your words. God is so gracious and merciful to us. He doesn't leave us to work things out. He's given us His Word. And when we think of John's Gospel, John's Gospel was written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. Eternal life is in Jesus Christ alone. It's found in Jesus. That's the purpose of John's Gospel. It is so that we may believe and we may have life in Jesus Christ. And then John comes along with his letter and he writes these things to us who believe in the name of the Son of God, that we may know that we have eternal life because of false teaching. There's people out there that just want to lead us astray. And this is going to happen until the Lord Jesus comes. There's always false teachers arising in the midst of the church. To lead us astray and john's purpose in his letter is he's helped us so that we know we have eternal life this is what it means to have eternal life and it's we put it in practice read the letter through sometime in your own time like i said last week the word no is mentioned five times in this passage twice in verse 15 once in verse 18 once in verse 19 and once in verse 20. And then you may know it's once in verse 13, and that we may know once in verse 20. There are seven no's in these nine verses. John wants us to know that we have eternal life if we live like this. And last Sunday, we looked at verses 13 to 21. Sorry, verses 13 to 17 to know for sure that we have eternal life. And one of the things we looked at to to make sure we know we have eternal life is that God hears our prayers. It's so important as a Christian that we know that. That we're not serving a, a, a statue that is deaf, mute and dumb. We are serving a living God. Our God is alive. Our God hears us. If you're a Christian, you can have confidence before the throne of grace and you can pray with confidence that God hears you and I when we cry to Him. He hears us. And that is the confidence in knowing that God hears us. And if you ask anything according to His will, He hears us. That is the catch. If you're reading the Scriptures, then you will know what God's will is. For yourself and god's will is for us to do things according to his will it's in the scriptures the scriptures are a blueprint in how we conduct our lives in this world that we bear fruit for the glory of god that we walk in a manner worthy of our calling and the great example to look at is to look at jesus He taught us in the Lord's prayer, Our Father in heaven, your will be done. And he put that into practice in the Garden of Gethsemane when he prayed, My Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Prayer is the means that God uses to give his people what he wants and what is best to glorify him. But God hears us. You must remember that. He might not answer our prayer straight away, but He hears us. And if you want to hear more on verses 13 to 17, go listen to last week's sermon. I'm not going to go any further. You can also go listen to what it means of a sin that leads to death and a sin that leads to life. I fleshed out quite a lot on that last, last week. But what we need to know from verses 13 to 17, of 1 John chapter 5 is, we can know for sure that if we have eternal life, God hears us when we pray to Him. And if you want to know if you have eternal life, read this letter and ask yourself, are you doing as the letter calls you to do? Are you doing, whoever says he abides in Jesus ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Are you walking in the same way as Jesus walked? Loving his Father and loving the people in front of us. The enemy, the stranger, the unlovely, etc. But let's move on now to our second thing. And this is also an encouraging thing to know. That we can know for sure if we have eternal life. And that is Jesus protects us. Have you ever reflected on that? That Jesus protects us. He has protected us from condemnation. If you are in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. If you have eternal life, and you have salvation, and you're a child of God, Christ's righteousness protects you from condemnation. We must know that God protects us in Christ Jesus. It's so important. If it wasn't for Jesus' high priestly priestly prayer that what we learn, that He prays for us, we would be worse off. The fact that, that Jesus prays for us, intercedes for us, He's protecting us. We know from Scripture, nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. Christ Jesus protects us. We are clothed in His righteousness. His blood has purchased our salvation. And nothing will separate us from Christ Jesus. Verse 18 of 1 John chapter 5 says, We know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning. But he is born of God, God protects him. And the evil one does not touch him. We will sin as a Christian. We will sin, but we don't keep on sinning. We don't practice sin. John knows we're going to sin. That's why he said right in the beginning of this letter in chapter 1 verses 8 to 10, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us, of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness if we say we have not sinned we make him a liar and his word is not in us folks we will sin living in this world we will offend people we will irritate one another but we do not keep on sinning we do not live the same life before god saved us we are changed we are a new creation we have a new heart we are it's a miracle that we are a new creation i don't want to sound stupid or silly but a man if he's living in a wheelchair and he's paralyzed and someone comes and heals him do you think he's going to continue to live in that wheelchair continue to sit and be pushed around no way he's going to get up and he's going to rejoice and he's going to run and he's going to do things he couldn't do that's the same thing as a christian we have a new heart and we do new things we don't rejoice in the old things anymore we rejoice in the new things that are in christ jesus we don't live the old way we don't live like we are paralyzed anymore but we do why why are we so stubborn and stiff because of sin Sin is no longer the primary pattern of our lives. Like I said, we will sin. But now that we are a new creation, we have changed life. And that's what God is in the business of, changing our hearts. Transforming us more into Christ-likeness. And the reason why we can live obediently, that we can live lives not practicing sin, because of Jesus' protection. In the High Priestly Prayer in John seventeen fifteen, Jesus said, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. Jesus is more concerned for our lives living in this world than we will ever comprehend. And he keeps us from the evil one. Verse 19 of 1 John chapter 5 tells us, know that those who are from God born again, know that the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. If we're not in God's word daily, we're going to go out there and lose the battle, the spiritual battle satan is the prince of the world he's the god of this age he blinds our minds to to destroy us that's why we need jesus's protection you can think of two men peter and judas peter had jesus's protection he said to him simon simon behold satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat But I have prayed for you, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Jesus protected Simon. He did not protect Judas. Do you read anything about Jesus praying for Judas? Judas betrayed Jesus. Judas was caught up in apostasy. And his sin led to death. God protected Peter and God protects us. Jesus protects us. I give them eternal life and they will not perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. When last that we reflected on the fact that Lord the Lord Jesus Christ keeps us safe. He protects us. That's why when you hear of someone falling into sin, we should say it's only by God's grace. I don't. Well that doesn't happen to me. We need to know a few things about Satan. Satan cannot touch us without God's permission. Go read about that in Job chapters 1 and 2. Satan gets permission from God before he can do anything to us. That's encouraging. God is sovereign over Satan. And when Satan attacks, we can be sure that God has given him permission and another thing we can be sure of is that we are able to handle those attacks. A lovely verse in, um, I think it's 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13, reminds us. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and, we, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. Isn't that amazing? We know God doesn't tempt, God tests, Satan tempts us. But God does not allow us to to fall into a temptation that we cannot handle. Every circumstance, every trial that has come into your life and my life, we are able to handle it by the grace of God, by the Scriptures. That's why when Jesus says, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, he means that. Get the word of God in your heart, in your mind. Let it saturate your mind so you may not sin against me. And you may look to me. Look to me and look to your brothers and sisters on the ground for prayer and help. And then the rest of verse 13. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape. That you may be able to endure it. We are able to endure everything that is thrown our way in this life. Because God has told us that. He's told us that. And He protected Peter. And Peter became a great preacher for the church. He stood up with courage and boldness. And he fought the good fight. For Jesus. But there is a promise, is that Satan is going to trouble us until the day God takes us home. Satan is going to trouble us. He's never going to give up on troubling the church and the brothers and sisters that make up the church. But we know Jesus protects us. It's encouraging. Scripture is not divorced from the Bible. I mean, the Christian life is not divorced from the Bible, nor Scripture. We must be in the Scriptures. And we can go to beautiful verses, and they mustn't become cliches. When someone's in trouble, you normally say, well, you can do all things through him who strengthens me. Read that in the context of the letter and see what Paul is saying. Know Paul's life. He was shipwrecked. He was left for hunger. He was was stoned till death or left, left for the dead. But we can do all things through him who strengthens us. How? If we go to the scriptures, God can strengthen us. He can make us strong and courageous. You want to know how? Go read Joshua chapter 1 and see how God said to Joshua four times in one passage, be strong and courageous because he knew Joshua was not a strong and courageous person. But he was encouraging him. And then you can read in that same Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Every need is met in Scripture and in Christ Jesus himself. It's extremely comforting to know that Jesus protects us. And to know this is the absolute truth. Stop believing people that, that talk about the Bible written for 2,000 years ago only. The Bible is relevant for today. Sin has not changed. We change because the circumstances around us change. Like we are less impatient. We are more, we're less impatient people today. We are very greedy people today. The, the, the prosperity around us makes us unloving, makes us more cold than what we are. But if we're in Christ Jesus and we've been crucified with Christ, knowing it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me, and the life which I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Then you are a new creation. But John doesn't leave us alone. In verse 20 he says, And we know that the Son of God has come. Guys, we know it. We witnessed it. We saw him. He he talks about it in in chapter 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. We know that everyone has been born of God, does not keep on sinning. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding, so that we may know him. Jesus came so we may know Him, but beyond Him know the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm the way and the truth of life. No one comes to the Father but through me. The only way to the Father is through Jesus. And, and we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know Him who is true. And we are in Him who is true. In His Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Stop listening the false teachers stop allowing them to 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 um to weaken your mind to undermine your faith hold on to these truths remember we we saw him we touched him remember what he told us and god sent him so we may know him and the true living god who is true who is the true god and eternal life Another blessing that God gives us understanding. We wouldn't understand anything in the context of God if it wasn't for the understanding He gives us. And these false teachers were talking lies. It was the figment of their imagination. It was them just saying things they had drifted away from the true God. They drifted away from the truth, from the written Scriptures. God, in His great kindness and mercy, opens our eyes to the truth about His Son. God enables us to make sense of Jesus as our Lord and Saviour, to know Him as the true God and eternal life. Wow! What a great God we serve. Scripture affirms this, John 17, verse 3, And this is eternal life, that that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. you have eternal life you know the true God a lot of people come to the last verse which is a very interesting verse people say "Uh, someone added this on verse 21 little children keep yourselves from idols the more I pondered on this verse and read around to see what other commentators had to say you actually see why it's there Little children, keep yourselves from idols. What brings about idols? What brings about idols in the church? False teaching. False teaching dethrones God. It takes him off his throne. And it causes us to worship everything else but the true living God. We are called to worship God and His Son, Jesus Christ. And if we are worshipping God according to the Scriptures, then we are keeping ourselves from idols. But if false teaching comes in, and they start undermining the faith, and they start pulling you away from the true living God, Like someone said, idol worship is anything that is a substitute for worship of God. We must know the scriptures so we keep ourselves from idols. We must know the truth. We must study the truth. Because anything or anyone that would replace God as the God of our hearts is idolatry. Our daily fellowship with God and his word and his people keeps us away from idols. If we're in the scriptures daily, we will not be caught up in idolatry. And the idols, yes, yeah, not little statues and all that. It's the idols that we have in our hearts. Because Satan will come, false teaching will come to twist the scriptures to lead you away from worshipping the true living God. Satan uses false teachers to destroy the church. But if we are in the scriptures, then we know we can trust the scriptures and we can keep our eyes on Jesus Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith, and keep God at the centre of everything, keep Christ at the centre of everything. As soon as we stop Preaching Christ crucified, we will get caught up in idolatry. We'll get caught up in man made things. And we'll start worshiping man and we'll focus our attention on man because man entertains us. Man is not interested in Christ, he's more interested in himself. And that leads to idolatry. That's why we must keep our eyes on Jesus so he can protect us from idolatry. So if you have eternal life, you can know for sure that Jesus protects you and protects us from sin, from being caught up in idolatry. These two things that we looked at: one, we briefly recapped. God ha- God hears our prayers, and the second one, Jesus protects us from sin. And we we we, we looked at these two things to to make sure that we know we have eternal life to have eternal life is you don't want anything else we are waiting for a better heaven and earth a new heaven and earth we are waiting for eternal riches jesus became poor so that we would become rich in him we have the riches in christ jesus all the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places are for us in christ jesus that's why when we look at the cross the lord jesus christ compels us to present ourselves our bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to god which is our spiritual worship he doesn't want us to do anything But worship Him wholeheartedly. Love Him wholeheartedly. Serve Him. Let's keep our eyes fixed on the cross. Especially as we come now to the Lord's Supper. Let it refresh our minds that we have eternal life. And if you have eternal life, God hears your prayers. And Jesus protects you from sin. Let's pray. Father, we pray for mercy and grace upon our lives. Thank you that you've given us the truth in the sacred scriptures. Thank you that we can have eternal life when we put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And thank you in John's letter, we know that we have eternal life because you call us to live a way that pleases you. You call us to be holy like you are holy. So, Father, please help us. Help us to keep our eyes off the worldly things. Help us to not love the worldly things, but to love you, Father, to love the heavenly things. Please give give us wisdom to know Jesus, his his resurrection and the power of his his sufferings. Help us to, to know him more. He is the true God. He is the truth. So we can keep ourselves from idols. Father, be merciful. Be gracious to us as a church. Please help us always to make sure that Christ is at the center of everything. In our singing, in our preaching, in our praying. Have mercy upon us, Father. Have mercy upon us. I pray and this all in Jesus' name. Amen.